Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. Tonight we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Tonight we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And we left off last time on verse 14. Last time we talked about a lot of different problems that the Corinthians were going through. And Paul gave some Old Testament examples. And the Old Testament is written for our examples. We can learn a lot of things from the mistakes that they made. They weren't all good things. But it says the wise man learns from others' examples. You don't have to learn the hard way. And as we read last time, they had problems with lust and idolatry, sexual immorality, unbelief, and just the basic complaining or murmuring. And uh, simple complaining is not as simple as you might think because you're questioning God. You're questioning, do you really know what's best for me, God? Are you sure you want me in this situation? I don't think you know what you're doing, God. Let me try to steer you in this direction. So you're kind of instructing God on things, and that's not what we should be doing. But all these things, all these temptations that we go through, all are wrapped up into you know, the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh. And the pride of life, which we read in First John 2.16. You know, the lust of the eyes, what you see and desire, and the lust of the flesh, what your body craves, including sexual things, and the pride of life, which is the desire to be appreciated and loved. And, you know, people might think, you know, being loved... And being loving goes go together, but they really don't. It's two different things. If you become caught up in <clears throat> being loved, you're really not in a good place. Because when you make the decision to show show love, you take yourself out of the picture and put others first. And that, as Christians, is where Paul wants us to be. <clears throat> you know, as we look through the portions of this book so far, he first was dealing with baby Christians and wanted them to mature. And then he showed him how this babyish nature caused all these divisions within the church 
Daniel, you know, we read it, we read in chapter 4, talks about the most important thing is fellowshipping with the Lord. But then back to 5 and 6, he started, he went back to the self-centered living and sexual immorality. Then chapter 7, which was the marriage chapter, which wasn't uncomfortable for me at all, that was a that was easy to talk about up here. Um, now Paul is teaching them in these chapters, which we started in 8, and now we're in 10, about Christian liberties. But also putting aside some of those liberties to benefit others. Now thinking, now thinking about yourself so much and put others first is being ahead of your own. And then a lot more things that, that we're going to read lead into the resurrection. And Christ has written, risen, but one day we will be right there with him. And that really is all that matters in the end. So as we look at verse 14... It says, therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Now, this is something that we talked about in a previous chapter. If we go back to chapter 8, it says, Now concerning things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And if anyone thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing, yet as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. Therefore, concerning the eating of things offered to idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there are no other God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, there are many gods and many lords. Yet for us there is only one God, the Father, of whom all are all things. And we for him and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things and through whom we live. However, there is not in anyone that knowledge. For some... The conscience of the idol until we eat it as the thing offered to an idol and their conscience being weak is defiled. So then, so now he's starting to rebuke the Corinthians who are like, I mean, they know that there's no other idols. They know there's all these false gods are not real. So they're just taking it upon themselves to be like, all right, we're going to, Go down bovine and get all these burgers and just eat it. Doesn't really matter. But there were things that there were people that really took this seriously. They were like, I can't believe you're eating this. I can't believe you're consuming this. It's going to get into you and mess you up. And they were really freaked out about it. And Paul was like, to the Corinthians, he was like, hey, you know, I know you don't believe in these idols, 
and you know that there's no false gods out there, but you still have to be sensitive to the weak conscience of others. And we talked about that in the previous messages where there are things that we like to do, things that we feel are important to us, but if somebody is stumbling in that area, we have to look at ourselves and make an an effort to put those aside for the benefit of others. But getting back to chapter 10, he's saying, flee from idolatry. They wasn't just talking about little idols here that they were worshiping. It goes much deeper than that. When you talk about God, even now, it's almost like, which God are you talking about? Because there's a lot of gods out there that people talk about. But there's really only one true God, as we know. For the most part, when you talk about God... People know you're talking about the God of the Bible. Even though there are a lot of gods that people like to worship. But the God of the Bible is the one true and living God. And these other gods that people worship are man-made. This is where it gets dangerous for people. And why Paul says, flee from idolatry. It says in Psalm 115, 3, it says, actually, we'll start at 2. It says, why should the Gentiles say, so where is their God? But our God is in heaven, the God of the Bible. He does whatever he pleases. Their, their idols are silver and gold, the work of man's hands. They have mouths but do not speak. Eyes they have, but do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Noses they have, but they do not smell. They have hands, but they do not handle. Feet they have, but they do not walk. Nor do they mutter through their throat. This is the important part. It says, those who make them are like them. So is everyone who trusts in them. So when you give yourself up to something in your life, some idol, some big passion that you can't control, whether it be lust or greed, or you start, you start becoming like that God you're serving. And that God can't do anything. It's nothing. I mean, it has all those... I just read it has all those parts, but they don't work. It's just there and if you get wrapped up in those idols and the god that you know you become less and less attached to the true god so that's why flee from that flee from idolatry because that is what takes you away from having a relationship with the true lord the true god Fifteen, Verse 15, it says, I speak to the wise man 
judge for yourself what I say. So now he's basically saying, you know, up to this point, I was speaking to you with, glove, with kid gloves on. Now at this point, I'm going to speak to you maturely. He continues saying, The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? So Paul now uses a ritual that everyone's very familiar with. Uses his communion table, which everybody back, you know, everyone partakes in. And he tries to show them how the idolatry fits into this scenario. Because they can fellowship with idols, or they can fellowship with Christ. And again, some people think that's actually the blood of Christ and actually the body of Christ, which is definitely not true. But when we partake of the cup and the bread, we are thinking, or we should be thinking, about the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And how we have access through to God the Father through the death of Jesus. Continuing on, it says in 17, For we... Through many are one bread and one body, for we all partake of that one bread. So we're sharing the bread and fellowshipping, but if they are sharing it at an idle table or a pagan table, it isn't so innocent. They have to remember. What that is, what they're doing at this uh, table here, they're again remembering the sacrifice that the Lord did for us. And that's something that shouldn't be taken lightly because it was just a selfless thing that He did for us. So. He went on and says, Observe Israel after the flesh. Are not those who eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar? So now he uses Israel here. And he talks about in the Old Testament where they use those sacrifices to bring them into fellowship with God. But it was just a temporary thing. To get God in their presence. You know, it, he just uses that so they could see who God is, and hopefully they would see who He is and follow Him and change their life. Um, going to 19, says, When I am saying then, that an idol is anything, or what is offered to idols is anything. Rather, that the things which 
the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to have fellowship with the demons. Now, he goes back to those idol, those idols worships from the previous chapters with the meats being sacrificed and these false gods. God does not want us to fellowship to those false gods and demons. Because I believe a lot of those false gods and demons have a very big demonic way about that. What God, the true God of life, and the, the one of the Bible wants you to fellowship with him. And you can't fellowship with both. As you see in 21, it says, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake in the Lord's table and the table of demons. So we have to make up our minds. We have to, you know, I think a wise, a wise man once said, you can't ride two horses with one behind. So that's what we need to decide. We, I know for me, I did both. I fellowshiped in the world. I had a lot of worldly idols. I did a lot of worldly things. And I, now I have to follow God and worship him and fellowship with like-minded believers and not put myself in positions where I might fall or go back to those things that I used to do. Because I need to be right here in fellowshipping with, the, with people and believers. Because in the end, being with him in heaven and rejoicing and praising him is what it's all about in the end. Twenty two it says continuing that um that thought it says, Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? So this jealousy is a different jealousy that we might see in the world. Because our jealousy, the worldly jealousy, is a superficial jealousy. We see something we want and we're jealous about it. We, we, we want to have it. You know, you see uh, somebody who has a good job and a lot of money and a lot of cars and we might want that. But those are superficial jealousies. God's jealousy comes out of love. The Lord's jealousy is because he loves us so much that he doesn't want anything or anyone above him. And rightfully so. And this is where we have to look at ourselves and check where we're where our life is and our heart is and repent and say, maybe you have to say, I'm sorry, God. 
Forgive me for those times I've put someone above you or something above you. And continue to look at that that end result. That end result of that, of that race that we're running. A lot of people, I don't know if they uh, ran a race or was did track or whatever, but you're running for that finish line. And at the end of the finish line, if you win the race, you might get a medal, you might get a trophy. But the race that we're running right now, when you win the race or when you cross the line, we're getting something that is much more valuable than any medal or any trophy. And that's eternity with him. And 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 this is what's going to get us there, following the Lord, get into his word. Follow him with all your heart and mind. So, and being here with you guys and fellowshipping is where I need to be. And our life and our eternity depends on that. I know it's hard sometimes when things get in, come into our life that's a distraction. I know there's a lot of things out there that could take us away from, from the Lord and from you know, schedules and being tired and whatever. But, you know, for me, I have to really try to find time to, to get into his word and really understand what's in the Bible because it's only going to help me grow and help me get that relationship with, Lord, with the Lord where it needs to be. Because like I said, our life and our eternity depends on it. Let's pray. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfield. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening and may God bless you.